Welcome to Radio Saxivore, a podcast from the UK's most northerly island of Unst. This small island of just 46 square miles is home to 650 people and to Saxivore Spaceport, the country's first vertical launch programme. Throughout this podcast, we will offer a series of unique insights into the design, build and operations of Saxivore Spaceport, whilst giving you a taste of Shetland life. My name is Emily Strang. And my name is Bryden Priest. And this is Radio Saxaboard. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of season 4 of Radio Saxaboard. Um, on today's episode, we have a really exciting guest. Bryden, do you want to tell us who it is? This week, we have got Christian from High Impulse. And um, High Impulse are a company who are... In Shetland right now, um, and you'll maybe have seen some of this on our social medias recently, uh, they have been doing engine tests um, in Shetland, and they've got some kind of interesting aspects of their company that um, Christian's going to tell us about. There's some kind of sustainable aspects and different ways that they're fueling their rockets, which in turn make it a lot more safe, and he'll tell you a bit more about that and explain it a lot better than I can. <laughs> yeah, so with that, let's get straight on to the interview. Hi, Christian. Welcome to the Radio Saxford podcast. Hello, Brian. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. Um, so, Christian, we start every podcast interview with the same question, and that is, if you were going to space, what three things would you take with you? Um, well, first of all, it's a good question. I think I would uh, hope that it's a high-impulse spacecraft in 20 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure our engineers uh, have taken care of all the communication, life support, food and water. So I don't have to care about this. Um, so I guess uh, it's clear that uh, I will take something like pictures or letters of my family. Um, there will be a lot of time to to spend doing not much because the travel mm-hmm. time is long. So I will need um, some music, rock music collection, for example. And the third thing is basically a big box with everything I need to come back because I believe that even in 20 years from now, there will be a good reason to come back to Earth because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's our mother planet and we, we need to come back. So that would be the three things uh, that I think are most important. That's a, a great answer. Um, yeah, it's always interesting to see what people say to that. Um so now that's out of the way, I can get into the nitty gritty of the interview and start talking a bit about you and High Impulse. So I would just like to kind of start with um, talking a bit about how you got involved with Saxoford. When did you first come to Shetland and what was that experience like? Well, actually, my first visit to Shetland is only a month ago. Um, oh, wow. So we... We, of course, have done several test campaigns, but uh, in my role, in my current role as as co-CEO, I I was uh, involved in the test campaign mostly in uh, preparations. Like uh, in the beginning, I was uh, doing the customs and after Brexit, that was a new experience for everyone, Mm -hmm. especially the (laughs) customs offices themselves um, and logistics. Uh, But I was never there to do to do the actual testing because my job is more at the desk now and at, in meetings uh, rather than at the test bench, which of course I miss, but that's the way of life, I guess. Um, so last month there we had another test campaign. Uh, I, it was our 
I think eighth campaign that we did on Shetland. So um, finally, I had the chance to go as well because we organized uh, a nice event with some representatives of the space agency from UK, but also the European Space Agency and some local politicians as well as people from Scotland and the islands. Uh, and it was a really great experience to to come. Uh, we first did this test campaign um, on the Skatsta airport where we are testing already since 2021 um, actually. So more than two years now that we have used this spaceport, uh, airport. <laughs> but we also visited the spaceport on Anst and it was also great mm -hmm. to see the progress there. Uh, Frank showed us around and um, we're looking forward to the first launch uh, end of the year. Um, the test campaign was really a uh, great success. So the rocket engine is ready for the first flight. Now the spaceport infrastructure needs to be finished in time. That's, I think, the open point right now. But uh, seeing the construction on site, I believe it's still on a good way. Um, and yeah, how we came to, to work with uh, Saxaford is a long story because I believe it began in 2020. 20 in spring or so and um, first introduction um, and I mean both companies were not that advanced um, three years ago so it was uh, um, first just an explore, exploration of possibilities. I think Frank and Scott were on a trip through Germany to s visit different companies and one of the companies was IABG. Uh, IABG um, has a CEO called Professor Schwarz, who is our seed investor as a, with his private uh, shareholding company. Um, so he made the introduction to us to use uh, Saxaford as a spaceport. Um, and then the re real business started, let's say, when we decided that we need another test site because our original plan to test in Germany was delayed. Uh, it's delayed until today. We are still only preparing testing here of our big engines. Um, and the great thing was that within uh, the decision was taken in November 2020 to test on Skatsta, and I believe the test campaign was in February already. So uh, everything was super smooth, except the customs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not the best um, situation to be in, um, but you've made it through and you're saying it's been hugely successful. Um, would you be able to kind of explain to those who don't know what makes High Impulse unique? Um, so I believe there's a kind of green sustainable aspect to the company. Yes. So at the core, micro launches are small rockets and small machines in general have um, worse uh, economies of scale than large machines. So a large liquid rocket like a Falcon 9 is what we know is currently the state of the art. And now they're even building a larger one with the Starship. And the hope is the economies of scale will go down uh, or we will we'll bring prices down dramatically even further. Um, so if you go in the other direction and want to build a small rocket, then you have certain advantages. And that's why we are offering this service to small satellites. Um, first of all, you can launch from launch sites where larger rockets cannot be launched. So Anst, for example, is well suited for small rockets, but there will be a limit on the size uh, because just the infrastructure you need on, on mm -hmm. the ground and, and also the effect it has on the environment and on the uh, inhabitants of the region and so on. Um, 
And you can offer different services. That's what we want to do. We want to offer taxi services, uh, so to speak, for the satellites instead of uh, mass transport like a bus uh, and as Falcon 9 offers. Falcon 9 tells a small satellite a few months in advance, by the way, we are stopping at this bus stop and you have to go out there whether they want or not. They will just be released where the rocket goes. And mm -hmm. in, in our case, it's of course different. We will release the satellite where they want to be. Um, and that co costs, of course, a bit more. Mm -hmm. But still, uh, the price of this is, is the deciding factor. And what we do at Heimpulse is we we want to break this problem of uh, economies of scale, which for a small rocket is worse than for a big rocket, through a disruptive propulsion technology. Um, so if you change completely the way you build the rocket, you can also change completely the price and cost structure of the rocket. And that's what we're doing. Um, and we are doing it with uh, candle wax rocket engines. That means we don't have any liquid fuel on board, like uh, kerosene um, on Falcon 9, for example, but we have uh, candle wax as a fuel inside the rocket. Um, and the reason why this is much cheaper, there are many reasons, but let's say the main reason is because uh, the architecture of the vehicle has much less complexity and it's much safer. And by being safer, you can operate it more cheaply. But there are more reasons uh, which would uh, go beyond the scope of this conversation, I guess. Um, and then for the environment at the launch site, which is a critical factor as well, especially for a new spaceport, um, where there's less experience uh, for a new company like ours as well, um, it's it's a safety aspect and environmental friendliness aspect that is important because if you have no liquid fuel, for example, you can also not create any fuel spills, so both on land or in the ocean, and that's an important aspect of our rocket as well. Wow. Um, and you mentioned safety there um, in terms of the, the whole process that you're going to be going through, but how did that look for um, the engine testing you were doing? I, we've had um, Scott and Frank on before talking about what the safety is going to look like for the whole site, but for, for your engine tests, what did that look like at Skatsta? Yeah, so because the engine is so safe, and I can explain briefly why it's safe, uh, mm -hmm. it's very simple. Did you ever see a candle explode? <laughs> Can't say I have. <laughs> so that's that's why uh, our rocket engines also don't explode. Uh, so because the, the candle wax is solid, the oxidizer that we're using is liquid oxygen, and it's liquid, and the liquid and the solid, they cannot form a mixture that's explosive. While if you have a liquid uh, fuel, it can form a mixture with the liquid oxidizer and create an explosion. So from, from that point of view, we didn't have to do actually that many safety precautions because what we do is safe. So of mm -hmm. course there can be a fire, liquid oxygen is dangerous um, in, in uh, yeah, um, making great fires possible. Yeah. Um, so we have to be careful there, but of course we're using uh, commercial off the shelf uh, valves and pipes uh, um, uh, checked um, and certified tanks and pressure vessels. So on this, part of the operations, it's safe and the rocket engine itself is also safe because it cannot explode. So we have an exclusion zone. There are a few outposts on the streets around uh, the, or checkpoints around the street, uh, um, around this uh, airport, um, but it's not a huge operations actually. So for a launch, of course, it's completely different because then you go up in the air and you have a radius uh, where you can uh, have impact in case of a failure. Um, but for the ground testing, it's it's very limited. 
I'm sure that's very reassuring for loads of folk to hear that. Um, even for myself, that's really interesting. Um, and so to kind of finish up the conversation there, um, what do you envisage the next twelve months looking like, um, for for you at High Impulse? Where what what's next? Yeah, so there's actually a lot of things going on. Uh, we're a relatively small company still with fifty employees. Um, but achieving many, many uh, things at the same time. So we had the test campaign in April, which really was the one uh, with some smaller breakthroughs, which for us engineers are big breakthroughs, uh, uh, making the engine ready for flight um, end of this year. So the next steps is now another test campaign, which will happen in summer to reconfirm, because of course we want to do the first launch not based on the test results of one test campaign, that would be um, irresponsible. We are doing another test campaign in August, uh, which will confirm these results. And um, we then need also this confirmation test to get the license for the flight. Um, the first flight will be not really um, a space flight because we are uh, we applied under the air navigation order license, which means that um, the process is a bit uh, leaner and we're also not flying that high. Uh, we have to stay within the stratosphere. Um, but for us, the main purpose is uh, liftoff, uh, flying, recovery of the rocket. This is the important um, success criteria. Um, so we're working towards that launch together with Sykes Afford and uh, the current our schedule our rocket could be ready in October uh, October from the spaceport point of view right now I think will be a bit challenging but November December is then the window for launch hoping that the weather will will allow us uh, to launch um, and that the license until then is in place so there's a lot of work until the end of the year and then uh, depending on the outcome of this launch we will of course analyze uh, that will also take a few months and then already here is almost over again of course yeah. in parallel we have team members uh, in the in the headquarters working on the design and the testing and the production of the of the first components for the orbital launcher that we will then launch from Saxaford in the coming years that sounds like an incredibly busy time. I mean, it's already been busy this year, so I can't imagine how that's gonna gonna feel once we get to that stage. Hopefully, towards the end of the year, where things are kind <laughs> yeah. of getting to that that end point. But um, thank you so much for coming on, Christian. That's been really interesting. Sure, thank you for inviting me, and it was great speaking to you. For sure, I want to update you and the audience uh, after the launch. Um, yeah, that would be great. And then we will speak again. Yes, no, it'll be great to have you back on some point in the future. Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, that was another one of those interviews that Bryden messaged me after saying that was really interesting and good. Not that not all of our interviews aren't interesting. However, like there are a few standout ones, and this is one that Bryden did message me after saying that it went so well. And I think you can tell why. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of reassurance definitely came out of that and that's what you were just saying to me then um and it is just so fascinating what they can use now to fuel a rocket <laughs> yeah no it's you're definitely right reassurance was what i came out of that interview with um and just hearing about how safe it was and how 
obviously a lot of thought went into making sure that was safe, but um, they almost didn't really have to think much about the safety aspect of it while carrying out the engine test because they knew that there was a significantly reduced risk of anything going wrong. So um, that was really, really nice to hear. So um, on that note, after such an interesting interview, we'll leave you with some lovely music once again from Peter Wood. Um, This is the Wood Cottage Waltz. Um, Thank you for listening and we will see you in two weeks. been listening to Radio Saxford. Join us every Sunday for a new episode. To follow the progress of Saxford Spaceport, visit our website saxford.com. And to keep updated on the podcast, join the conversation on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Saxford and use hashtag Saxford Sundays. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time.